Hey y'all, welcome to Let's Talk Life XL on Mixed Talk Radio, where we talk about life as it is. Today in the studio, Alexis, Harold, and I get into the Level Up series, Dream Again. Let's talk y'all. Hello everybody, my name is Alexis Harold. I was born and raised in Natchitoches, Louisiana. I currently reside in the Houston, Texas area. And so I am an um, payroll tax accountant as my full-time job. Um, I am married with two children, Jordan and Joy. My husband's name is Reginald, um, but I also am a entrepreneur. Um, I have two businesses that I currently run, um, a tax preparation company, Harold and Associates, and then a jewelry business, which is called Joyful Jewels, which I named after my daughter. I wanted her to have the vision that you can do anything that you put your mind to. You don't have to be confined to what you think is expected of you. And so I am just really looking to, as she said, dream again, have new visions, new hopes, new ideas. Um, and so I am super, super excited to be here. Thank you so much. I am super excited too. Now, Alexis was part of our summit and man, she brought the house down, y'all. She took us on a journey of, yeah, you can do it, so let's get it done, right? I mean, we just had some very transparent moments and I walked away from that summit really empowered by the talk you, that, the talk you gave, you know? And it just, you know, whenever we're in that leveling up, season is transition and transition can be difficult if you don't know how to navigate it especially if you're calling your transitional season an issue season when really it could be no issues at all it's just the fact that hey there are certain things I need to be able to identify so that I can transition and one of them is having the courage right courage is a big thing right trusting God in the so as your source when you started your business how was it how important was it to first of all recognize that God is going to be your source so I'm gonna be totally honest transparent moment when I started my business it was simply as a tax shelter um, my jury business, tax shelter. I'm an accountant. I need a tax shelter. I need a business that not is not expensive, um, but I need a business um, that I use for expenses. And so that is my truth moment. Um, I really didn't consult God about it. I really didn't, um, wasn't even thinking that as part of my avenue. But in this past year, um, God has been, began to transition me into something else. Um, because in this business, I have found that I have an opportunity to touch the heart of God's people through jewelry. And so I needed to identify um, what God was actually doing. And so uh, maybe a year ago, I began to change my spiritual life with God. And so I began to make an appointment. So at a certain place, at a certain time, every morning, I began to meet God in that place. And so that he he could begin to use me for his purpose. So my prayer is that my business will lead people to Christ and they will see God through me by way of jewelry. And so that was kind of the way that I began to lean and depend on God. And so now I'm finding out it's not all about the jewelry. It's about touching the heart of God's people. 
giving them hope, giving them confidence, and giving them strength to know that whatever they're going through, that God still cares and he's still concerned about them. I I transparent moment, my first business, I didn't console God at all. I didn't even ask him like, hey, what you think about this? You know, oh Lord, is this the right way? Should I go left? Should I go right? I was just like, boom, business idea done. Very yes. goal oriented. You guys, I'm wearing merch. If you're watching the show uh, via video, then you see that I am focused. That is, that would sum me up. If anybody could sum me up in one word, they would say she's focused, period. period. So you guys, um, you know, I am rocking what I am. It just is so honest, truth moment. And I had to learn that when I don't consult him on things, then I find out a lot of truths the harder way. Now, that's not to say when, you know, you are operating in purpose and you are doing the assignments that are given to you at that moment to do that they're going to be easy either right because mm -hmm. i had to have a level of courage writing my first book let's go all the way back it started with a book and it was therapy for your soul book of porch you never forget it i would uh pull off the highway the, the road wherever i was if i felt you know a poem or a thought or a quote or anything i felt like you know, life was trying to say to me, right? Some people call it life, universe, God, whoever. I remember putting it all together, giving it to people that I knew, right? Because it's safe when you give it to people you know. It's like, hey, you know, what you think about this? Because <laughs> we're hoping that they t give us the green light. Yes. <laughs> versus people we don't know. And it was like, you should publish it. And I'm like, what? No. Oh, how could I? What ifs? That's the moment. The what ifs started to infiltrate my mind what if people don't read it mm -hmm. have you ever experienced any what ifs when it comes to business oh yes all the time um because i go um live and where i display my jewelry all the time and so i'm always what if nobody shows up what if nobody buys anything what if nobody likes it what if I look strange or what if I don't talk as proper or what if I don't speak as they would like me to speak? And so it's always a what if, but the biggest what if is what if I fail? And so failure is not the end all. All right. If you don't fail, then you're obviously not doing anything. And so I'm always a what if of type of person. Um, always thinking the worst and what if this doesn't work? What if that doesn't work? And when I really need to be focused on what if it does, not what if it doesn't, but what if it does work? What if they do watch? What if they do buy? What if I do touch the heart of the people? What if I do change one life? What if it does work versus the negative side? What if it doesn't? I, I love that because, and I was trying to find, I t you know, I'm always taking notes. Y'all know I'm taking notes. I'm, I'm on the phone trying to find my notes. But you know what? That is where I am right now in my own personal life is focusing on the what if it do work out? What if everybody shows up and you have more people than you expected? What if the relationship is good? What if he mm -hmm. is the one? What if she is the one? What if you do get the job? What if the business takes off? 
So, I, you know, as humans, we're just wired. You know, fear is natural. And I never say banish fear. I choose to look at fear as just an indicator. Like your car has indicator lights and it tell you, hey, something could be potentially going wrong here. You need to check this out. Or this is running low or you're almost empty. That's fear for me. I use it as a guide to say, hey, slow down and evaluate. Because when we stay in a place of fear, then that's when it becomes a trap versus uh, like a catalyst. It could be a, you, you, you getting afraid and you're like, oh, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. And then you think like, man, no. Okay. Let me identify what is causing me to be afraid. Is it insecurity? Is this something new? Is it about control? Is it a lack of trust? When you start identifying the triggers of your fear at that moment, then you can sit down and say, well, you know what? Hmm. This is just a projected outcome. So what if, what if in the positive ways, what if it does work? So I, I love how you said that because for you, how important is courage? Courage is uh, something that I probably struggle with. I'm not the most courageous person in certain aspects of things. Um, I'm not the most confident person, um, but I am learning to be. Because if you don't believe in you or if you don't have courage about yourself, then we can't expect anyone else. And so courage will allow you to go places that you are afraid to go. Not having courage will also cause you to miss out on things that God has in store for you because you are afraid. And so courage doesn't mean that I know all the answers. I know plan A through Z. Courage just simply means that I'm willing to give it a try and I'm willing to take a bet on me and I'm willing to bet that God is going to do exactly what he says he's going to do. Even though I don't have it all figured out, I'm courageous enough to give it a try. Girl, you say, girl, I just want to get up and just get on out of this chair, y'all. I, all my little arm fat is jiggling. I mean, cause she is hitting the mark, you guys. Man, she said, I'm gonna bet on me. How many yes. times have we not, have we bet against ourselves? And we don't take that, that, that moment that life is giving us and really taking it by the reins and say, you know what? I'm going to go for it. And you know what? If it fails, it's gonna fail in a spectacular way. Right, Absolutely. because you never know. You will never know the outcome unless you have the courage to take that first step. Now, some people are just bold, and you know, it just seemed like it just engulfed in their DNA. It's just like boldness wrapped all around them. I'm not one of those people, and people think I am, right? But over time, I've learned that if I fail, it's it's like my dad said, it's all right. Ain't no A on that. It's I because we get stuck on the what ifs. And like you said, you'll never know the outcome. You'll never be able to fully walk in that thing that you're wanting for. Why do all the work? Why do all the work if you're not going to bet on yourself? I love that courage. You guys, we have to be courageous. And, and it doesn't mean that you aren't doing things and you're afraid. It doesn't mean that you have it all figured out because no one in life has it all figured out. I don't care who they are. I don't care how long they've been in business. I don't care how long they've been married. 
it is always something to learn. And if you reach the cap of learning, then you've reached the cap of growth. I love looking at the positive aspect of failure because you get to see, okay, ooh, this didn't work. Now, instead of putting a period on that, a good thing to say is, well, why? How have you utilized failure for your own success? A failure should be a lesson, a lesson learned, whether it's lesson of what to do or a lesson of what not to do. If you didn't learn a lesson in that failure, then as you said, there's no growth. And so what I have taken in um, as far as failure goes, I choose to learn a lesson from it. What could I have done better? How could I have been more prepared? What did I learn from this? What did this teach me? And I begin to evaluate every aspect of that failure. And so whether it's, especially in my business, well, what I think is a failure is simply a tool to learn from. And so when you switch that around and you take failure as a way to learn a lesson and grow and become better, um, so you don't make the same failures twice, then that's truly where the lesson comes from. When you learn to apply that into what you need it to be, it can truly be life changing. And so one failure that I did have um, was, you know, I've gone live or attempted to sell my jewelry in my business and nobody purchased anything. So I had to realize, as that may be deemed as a failure, I had to realize that I had to be more confident in what I was doing. I was just simply doing it because everyone else was doing it. But I had to find my strength in that failure and then make that blossom into who I am. Oh, I love that. One of the key things you said that really uh, like spoke to me was being prepared. Um, I feel like when you get into... Uh, repeated failures now you're in a cycle and that's another word that kind of jumped up in my mind when you were talking when you're prepared now here's the thing you could be well prepared you could have done everything from a to z and still encounter failure but it is a better it is a better notion to be prepared than to be unprepared and i had a, a a wise lady saying I stay ready. And I was like, what? (laughs) She was like, girl, you got to stay ready. And, you know, over time, I learned that, you know, when I'm always in a state, and when I say always, I mean, not like every second of the day, but when I'm in a state of being, of having a growth mindset, well, how can I learn from this? Or how can I look at this negative situation in a positive way? Or is there something I can take away from it? Because you said it earlier, I can, I can always learn what not to do. So if you're in a job and it's mm-hmm. stressful and you have just the worst boss ever, let's just call it spade a spade. And you, know, and you want to eventually be a boss, that's a good lesson in that. Because now you get a chance to learn how not to treat people that are under you. Because I guarantee if you take Mm -hmm. that as a lesson, then you can learn it and apply it. And then when you figure out ways, okay, well, you know, I really don't care for the way he speaks to me or the way he tries to motivate me to get me to do work, you know, maybe by bullying or threatening, then I can take this. And when I have a team, I can look for their strengths. 
and I can honor them by giving them projects that fall in line with their strengths and their likes. I can actually listen to them. And then I can use a more positive approach to motivate them to get them to do their work. So it's, you know, you can take these negative experiences and funnel them into something positive. Then that way you can say, well, if I had to experience it, okay, I was, I was chosen for that. But I don't have to continue the cycle by putting this, projecting this onto the next person that I have in my life, in my reach. So I like that you said uh, being prepared. Being prepared is also asking for help. Ooh, we get those big old, big old egos. We get trapped by current culture. I'm, I'm a grind by myself. I'm a hustle on my own. No, ma'am. No, sir. You need to stop sometimes and ask for help. Have you ever had moments where you just had to kind of just humble yourself and ask for some help? Yes. And, you know, uh, we get so caught up in, like you just said, I'm self-made. Okay, self-made this and self-made that. This is my opinion. I'm not speaking for the people, but my opinion is nobody is self-made, right? No, people are God-made. And then you have some people that helped you get to where you are. And so I'm all about self-confidence and believing in yourself and standing strong in yourself. But we're not self-made. And so what I have to ask for help is I have a team of people who depend on me. I seem to want to do it all by myself because I know what it's like not to have somebody there for you. I know what it's like to have questions and don't have people to go and ask them to. So I seem to want to be everything for everybody. And some of these things are not my strong point. And so my where I am today, where I had to ask for help is I'm working on building a leadership team. There are people in this world that has talents and gifts that they're sitting on because nobody has asked them to use them or nobody has pulled those gifts out of them. People simply want to know that they're needed. They're wanted. They have something to help you. And so I'm in a position to where I need to ask for the help of the people that are surrounding me, tapping into their strengths notifying their weaknesses and then asking them for help because they can make the load a little lighter. No, I to I totally agree. Um it's you get to those points where uh you just have to you have to ask for help especially this one thing I've learned when you're trying to build something that's way bigger than you, mm -hmm. right? If I can do my business all by myself all the time, then what what impact am I really having? Because I think what 2020, and I say it all the time, showed us is how interdependent we are. You know, it take me buying T-shirts or buying jewelry or, uh, you know, utilizing tax services from tax mm -hmm. professionals. Take all of that support. And when we were when we were distance, that support slowed down and we saw the effect on businesses, the effect on relationships, because we need each other. Yeah. We need each other to build, to grow, to level up. And, you know, one thing about really being able to dream again is being in the atmosphere of dreamers. People that not only just dream, but they take action to see those dreams become fruit in their life, right? I don't want to just be amongst trees with no fruit just because you got green leaves. 
I want to be in a, you know, amongst trees with leaves and fruit, right? Because you can be around people that are good, good people, good for you. Y'all have a good time. Not necessarily anything negative going on. You know, we're not even looking at that aspect, but it's a difference when you're in the atmosphere of people who dream big and go for it. That is a whole nother group. And I call my group the squad. So shout out to Ignited Swag and Kingdom Talk. That's Keandra and Jesse of Sun, Anthony and Josephina Thomas. Shout out to you guys for being being my group of, of not only just dreamers, but doers. Um, now, like I said, it's nothing wrong with being around people that are good people. But how much we spend our time, how how much we're investing in people that really can't get behind us and at least give us an encouraging word, right? From time to time. Have you ever had to reduce the size of your circle? Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> I'm about to jump out of my seat because I, I spoke on this last night, right? God's math is you have to subtract before he can add and multiply. So that doesn't seem, sometimes that doesn't make sense to us, but elevation requires separation. And you have people in your life that are good to you, but they're not good for you. And so I'm not saying that you completely cut these people off, but I am saying that you need to surround your people that look like your future versus the people that look like your past. You need to surround yourself with people that are headed where you're going. People that if you have a dream, they can be a dreamer with you. They can be a drive. They can be a motivate you and they can hold you accountable for what you need to be held accountable for. We often want to keep people in our lives because they've been in our lives for so long for a certain length of time when it they have run their course, they have run their season and God can't take you to the next season because you're still holding dead weight those trees that are bearing no fruit, you're still holding on to them and you can't get to the destination because if God takes you there, they will bleed you dry. And so hey. I just, I just need to give a quick shout out. I have a, I have a squad, but I have one special person in my life. She's my cousin by blood, but she's my sister. I call her my sister. Her name is star. I don't care what vision, dream, hope I call her with, she believes it's possible. If I say I'm going to sling stars in the sky, she doesn't know how I'm going to do it, but she's willing to help me find a way. Every day, she's sending me ideas. She's sending me things to do. She's pushing me. She's making sure that I did what I said I was going to do, and she's holding me accountable, but she's willing to help me get there. She's not just giving me lip service. She's willing to help me. Oh, I love that. Because you know the difference between somebody that's just like, yeah, girl, uh-huh, yeah, uh, okay, girl, uh, all right, sis. And then the minute you like, hey, I got some jewelry, she's like, oh, um, well, um, uh, girl, maybe maybe next time. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the difference. Or just like, sis, bet, I got you. Let me share this post. Or you know what? If I can't, if I can't partake in it, it's some things my friends have done that I couldn't, you know, wasn't my thing, but I promoted them or I told someone else about them. So it's not to say that all your friends have to just, you know, be, you know, pocket deep in everything you're doing, but 
they should be there actually pushing you, moving you forward, whether it's through uh, motivation or empowerment or picking you up when you feel like you're going to fail, giving you that empowering message or telling somebody about what you do in all the manners in which help you really level up and grow. I've struggled with this more from a control issue, but um, one of my topics is over-personalization, being a perfectionism. And y'all see, I couldn't even get the word out because I definitely know I'm not perfect. So um, just dealing with uh, control and having that control in your life, how have you dealt with just saying, you know what? No, this is this is all I can offer right now and being okay with that. I'm not there at all. Um, I'm not there with controlling in that aspect. You yes, know, I, I normally allow people to, people will take all that you give until you have nothing left. And so I normally allow, I don't have a cutoff point. I'm working on it this past week. I've really been trying to say, no, this is all I got for you. I cannot give any more. But then also in business, if you're going to grow, you have to relinquish control to people that you can trust, which is an important as to why you need to build a relationship with the father so he can show you who those people are that you can release that control to. Because if you're constantly holding on to everything, you have no room for new things. And so your plate will eventually get full and run over. And that's when you start to drop balls. You start to miss things. Things start to happen. You begin to fail because you didn't relinquish control or allow someone else to help you. And so I'm really working on that. Um, another thing I'm caught up in is I feel like that is my responsibility to save everybody and I have to realize that that's not for me to do I need to allow God to come in and take control of their situation so I'm still learning on that but I have decided to allow people who can help me in certain areas and relinquish some of that control I definitely agree and that's a you know that's that's the first place of really working on something and leveling up is just identifying okay this is an area that I need to improve this is where I can you know this is an area in my life that I can grow because guess what I am I have arrived at the place you know how they say I'm I'm I side like they say on my side I'm in the driveway but I haven't, you know, quite gone all through the house. Now, I can say, you know, when I restarted my business and we um, became Women Empowering Change, you know, I recognized that I needed to have some business boundaries. And it was hard for me because I feel like naturally I'm a giver. Anything and anything I have, I'm going to offer it. And I treated that the same, that same concept when it came to business. But guess what? business is business now business i mean i okay all relationships have their 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 levels and their expectations their requirements their components okay so let me let me say that let me put that out there but in business it is different because a lot of times you have to take the personal aspect out of business it doesn't mean you take the character out doesn't mean you take the uh kindness out but you have to take a lot of those personal qualities out sometimes and what i was doing was treating my business relationships like friendships crazy guess what 
they took everything that I had to offer and guess what they left behind? Hardly anything. And in business, those relationships, they really need to be uh, balanced. Where if I'm giving, you're taking, then you're giving, I'm taking. It is, you know, where both parties benefit. And, you know, even in your own personal relationships, having that discernment to say, um, okay, this is a good relationship for me. This is a good fit, whether it's uh, business or uh, love interest or just, you know, plain old platonic friendships, mm -hmm. even work friendships you have to decide should you know once five o'clock hit do i really need to talk to you at 5 30 do i need to talk to you on an off day so when you were talking you know discernment really spoke to me because we we like to give you know we like to give especially if you're a giver but having those boundaries can feel like oh i'm now i'm the bad person or what if this ruins the relationship because now I have these boundaries in place. But so it just takes time. I feel like it is just one of those things where it's growth mindset. And with my first business, man, perfection was something that I just tried to attain through control. If I could control this, then this will be perfect. If I mm -hmm. can control how this table looked, then this table was perfect. And I had a mentor, um, an older businesswoman that I dealt with. She was great. I mean, like a big sis. And she had been in the game way longer than me. And she says, Shante, nobody's even going to know the difference if the centerpiece is not in the direct middle of the table. Like, it was that bad. She was like, they don't know. You're the only one that knows. And when I tell you that little sentence in that moment freed me. It freed me from control. How mm -hmm. had the struggle with control have you ever struggled with it or no or is that something you don't even that's not an issue for you oh i struggle with control because if if i don't do it it, it can't possibly be right if i don't have eyes on it it can't possibly be the way i want it to be i struggle with that so i want my hands into every little thing because i have to know that I have to be in control and it it only holds you down because you cannot control every single thing. You cannot control every aspect. You cannot control every decision. It only slows you down and it only um, causes you not to grow in other things because you're trying to control so much. So something is not getting your attention. So I, I, I struggle with that. Um, but I'm learning to release control over some things. No, I I, I had to sit back, y'all, because she said it all. If, if I didn't do it, I'm paraphrasing, it couldn't possibly be right. And man, my mom was, she, she, she said, Shantae, there is more than one way to do one thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, my way and then the other way that I suggested, right? <laughs> it's like, you know, okay, of course. Every way that, that I said was the way. But when I realized that in my business, I was so tight on control and it it was lending itself into my marriage too. And I realized in other areas, like, man, am I struggling with control in other areas too? 
And I just really, it was a great place to say, you know what, this is another moment for you to really figure out why are you in, you know, why do you have to have so much control? And for me, it was, you know, growing up, it was instability for me, you know, on one hand, on one hand, things were stable. On the other hand, things were unstable. So throughout my adulthood, my goal was stability. So if, if it felt unstable for me, then it caused me a lot of anxiety. It would make me worry. And then I would have to do something to make sure that the outcome was stable for me, right? And I think we do that a lot subconsciously. We don't go back and say, like, why, where is this coming from? Like, why does it have to be exactly in the middle of the table? Why do, you know, this person has to do something exactly my way? What is it that I'm afraid of happening that will happen? What, what do, you know, what kind of vulnerability am I struggling with? Because control also means that you, you don't want to be vulnerable to the outcome. You don't want to be vulnerable to someone else's choice. Maybe someone has to choose because it's a choice. We all making choices. So, yeah, I struggle with control quite heavy, quite heavy in my early 20s. And it's taken because I'm 40 now, y'all. It's taken every bit of those 20 years to really get a grip on control. The irony, right? <laughs> grip on control. I'm just which leads us into the last segment here. And this is something that, you know, I see this quality in Alexis. And we talk all the time and I'm, you know, we love each other and I'm always sending her the eye roll emojis like, no ma'am, yes ma'am. And she like, yes ma'am, no ma'am to me. So I love it because I see a champion attitude in Alexis. I love, when I see her online, when I listen to her talk, when I see the things she posts, it just, y'all, it's, it's so positive and it's strong and it's enduring. And how has that journey to, to being a champion been for you? It hasn't always been easy because I don't, I, I struggle with a lot of, of like self-confidence and being confident in what I say and the way I look and being on camera and in front of people. But here recently, God has gave me a word that I am standing on and I believe that it is it is it has caused me to have a champion attitude. Simple. I'm coming for everything that belongs to me plus interest. And God dropped that in my spirit. And a champion believes that no matter what they face, they are victorious. They're going to win. And so when God dropped in that in my spirit that I'm coming for everything that belongs to me, that made me believe that I was a champion, such as Rocky or Mike Tyson, or I was superior, that no matter what comes my way, I have still won. And so that is kind of what I where I am shifting to. And so I'm standing on that. Now, you can't shake me on that having that champion attitude that everything that belongs to me, I will get it and then interest on top of it. And so I didn't start like this, but what I found is that's okay. That's okay that you may not believe you're a champion now. Don't sit in that 
keep moving forward and keep developing those things that will make you believe that you're a champion. Because before you can conquer anything, you must first believe that you can do it. So it all starts with a mindset, a champion mindset and attitude before anything comes to pass. I love that. It is so true because when I think of champions, I y'all, I'm like the most non-girliest girly girl ever, right? So whenever I watch movies, I love like warrior type movies or, you know, something like in the Renaissance, like, or, you know, like war movies. Like I'm all about action, right? Do not give me a chick flick to watch. I will struggle. <laughs> and I think it just embedded in me to really fight. And a lot of us have that fighter spirit, right? We've had childhoods that we had to fight to overcome in our adulthood. And I, I, in my adulthood, I like to repurpose the fight because sometimes the fight can be a little taxing. If all you had to do was fight, right? She said, all I do all my life had to fight, right? We heard it because it's true. Some of us been fighting since we were five and we still fighting now. But when we look at that and we say, you know what? When we get weary, when we get tired, when it's time to, you know, for we think it's time to quit, we can fall back on that experience that says, hey, if I just keep pushing, if I keep going, I will get there. And, you know, I was telling, you know, making a post one time and I said, man, I've been in the fight of my life. <laughs> You know, and all I can hear is the ref counting one, two, three, four, got all the way to nine. And I'm like, nope, I got to get up. You know, all I had in my spirit was get up, get up, get up. And sometimes in life, you just got to get up. There won't be anybody say, okay, Shantae, all right, Alexis, time to get up, get on up. You got to do it for yourself because we're all innately equipped with that self-empowering tool. Now, life, people, disappointments, failures, even some successes can really wear on our own ability to get back up. Now, for you, have you ever had moments in life? What was, better question, what was your most recent uh, moment of overcoming? Um, probably my most recent moment um was when somebody really really near and dear to me passed away right and so I seemed to found defeat in that and so I remember this this is as plain as day because it was so unexpected it was just like a somebody ripped out my heart and I remember sitting on the couch and crying for hours and hours and hours and I remember I got sick and I went to the doctor and she was trying to find out what was wrong with me because I had, I didn't have the flu. I didn't have anything. And she was like, what happened before you start feeling this way? And I told her, I said, someone really, really close to me passed away. And she said, people don't believe this is true, but you are going to grieve yourself to death from a broken heart. It was in that moment that I had to decide to get up and fight. So normally in my family, I am deemed the fighter. Going back to my childhood, if something happened, if somebody did somebody something in my family, they would come and find me and I was ready to go to war. I was ready to fight. But in that moment, I felt so defeated. 
I literally could not move for almost a week. But when I went to the doctor, it was in that moment that I had to decide to get up and fight. I had to decide that this is life. Life happens. And the best way to honor the person is to get up and fight for my life. Like literally, that was something that I had to overcome. It was probably the maybe not the most, most recent, but it was the one I remembered the most because literally when the doctor said I was going to grieve myself to death, I had to find a purpose and a reason to get up and go to battle, not just for my family, but I literally had to battle for myself. I like that you said that because there's someone listening right now that is battling or a lot of us, we have some battles up ahead that we're not even, you know, aware of. And a good thing to to do is just to make sure, you know what, have a plan, even have a plan for when you grieve, when you're, when you're mourning, say, okay, you know what, I, I recognize that I am hurting and grieve, but also give yourself moments where you say, okay, you know what, I have reached the end of this and it is time for me to move forward. And it's really hard because sometimes when you're grieving, you feel guilty for moving on. You feel like you should stay there because it's the right thing to do or you want to honor that person or you're a bad person for just moving on with your life. You know, no, because you grieving has limits. And when it doesn't, when it supersedes our boundaries for human capacity, then, yeah, we can make ourselves ill. We can miss out on opportunities. Things that we have can flee. So even with grieving, we have to be cognizant of the fact that we still have to take care of ourselves. And when you're in those challenging situations, just to understand that, hey, this does have an end date. It can have an expiration date if I wanted it to. So mm -hmm. if, I'm, if I know deep down within me, I need to move forward, then I have strategies in place. For one, you can take it to prayer and say, God, I, I can't deal with this. He said, give us everything. Take everything to him. And I remind them of what he said. Get you a scripture and you say, you know what? This is what you said. You said that this is how I can feel. So if I should be able to trade these ashes for beauty and joy and peace, then here are some ashes in my life. These are, these are the things that have either physically died or, you know, hypothetically died. It was some dreams that you had that died. You know, it was some opportunities that passed on. So we have to really look at those things in our lives because it may be some things we still grieving and haven't even really recognized. Have you really released that hurt that someone inflicted upon you, something someone else projected upon you? Have you really dealt with the broken heart or the insecurities or the need for to be perfect? Have you really dealt with those things? Because these are the things that are going to hold you back from having a champion attitude. They're going to stifle you from thinking, I can have better than this. And it's nothing wrong with saying, I can have joy when you're sad. It's nothing wrong with saying, I can level up even though I'm making good money. Because sometimes it's not about the money. It's about the peace and the joy. So when it comes to um, just having that champion attitude, if you could encourage everyone listening, what would be the one thing you would tell them? 
The one thing that I would tell you is no matter what you're going through, there's a scripture in the Bible that features circumstances. And what you have to do is begin to speak out of your own mouth for anything that you need. You got to hold on and speak the positive and not the negative. And the I'm coming for everything that belongs to me plus interest is not just financial. It's love, joy, peace, happiness, favor, wealth, health. Everything that God promised you is going to be yours plus interest. So just begin to speak the word of God and nothing else. And I t and I I'm going to second that one. I love that because it's all about and what we speak and, and what we think, you know, what are the what are we saying to ourselves? So I even challenge you guys to speak to yourself in a more positive way when you look in the mirror instead of pinching all of the skin that you have and you know tucking stuff in and, and pulling stuff back and say you know when i look in the mirror i'm not going to be my worst advocate i'm going to say oh you are beautiful you are curvy you are shapely you are made in, in 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 a perfect creation this is you have everything you need sometimes we i don't have this and i don't have that or if i knew this or if i knew that we're equipped telling yourself I have what I need. And if you still feel that you don't, then start seeking ways to feel that. So if you say, I am, I am full of joy. So if you feel like you're low on joy some days, find some things that make you happy. If it's taking a walk, if it's talking to a particular person, if it's taking a few minutes by yourself, if it's just a few minutes in the car before you go in the house. <laughs> I am a big car person. Sometimes you need to leave stuff where it is. And I bet if we if we really just took that concept and ran with it, if we left the hurt when the hurt happened, just imagine how far along we would be right now, right? If we left the disappointment when it happened three weeks ago, today we would be less disappointed. So I think I, I love what you said. It's all about what we say and what are we saying to ourselves? And those are translating into our thoughts, both conscious and subconsciously. So really just doing that inventory and, and just knowing that everything you need, you have. And what you don't have will be added to you when you ask for it. So if you need something, ask for it. If it's another person, if it's God, if it's a mentor, then ask for what you need. Because guess what? On Let's Talk Life Excel, we leveling up, baby. We are leveling up. Alexis, tell us how we can follow you. Tell us every place we can go and follow you. Yes. <laughs> you can find me on Facebook, um, Alexis Harold. That's H-A-R-R-O-L-D. You can also find me on Instagram at M-R-S underscore Harold, H-A-R-R-O-L-D. You can always um, take time to view my website. That's www.joyful, J-O-I-F-U-L slash Jules, J-E-W-E-L-S. Thank you for tuning in to the Level Up series, Dream Again. This episode was sponsored by JoyfulJewels.com. As always, please leave me a review and let me know if anything from our conversation caught your attention. Bye, y'all.